0: know what you're trying to say, baby. You're trying to say, oh yeah,
1: it's business time. Let's bring in Dr. Jeff Rosen from Briefing.com, and he has his own theme music, which is pretty cool. How are you, Dr. Jeff?
2: Oh, pretty good. Up yourself?
1: I'm well. Um, we haven't talked since the jobs report came out on Friday. It, was there anything in it that you saw interesting?
2: Just the fact that we're still seeing the same stuff that we've been seeing for a while now, you know, really no wage growth. Uh, the unemployment rate shows an economy that seems to be nearing full employment, but so far we're not seeing any competition for employees among businesses, so wages remain stagnant. You know, That translated into uh, a pretty weak retail sales report today. Uh, just that the fact that, yeah you know, the employment sector the you know growth in this area is just slow going
1: now, the jolts report that came out yesterday, I saw that the number of people quitting spiked. That's construed to be a good thing, right?
2: yeah, because it means that uh people feel that they have the ability to find another job so you know, if you have the ideas around that, uh, you know, the job openings are plentiful or that you're in demand, you're going to quit a lower-paying job or you're going to quit a job that you're not being treated as well at and uh, look for a better job or, or take a better job. And, and the fact that there are more quits than layoffs is a, is a good sign.
1: I may have to change your theme song to Working 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton because we seem to talk about jobs <laughs> often. I hear that it's you, you from a cool song to, eh, not so much. Um, I saw that job openings are up 18% from the year-ago period. Are we – how are we at full employment, if that's the case?
2: You know, I, I, to be honest, I don't know. I mean, realistically, okay. the, the way we look at the JOLTS report is that you look at the vacancy rate, which is the total amount of jobs open for the total amount of jobs that are in existence, and you compare that to the unemployment rate. And what we've seen is that there's been a shift since the uh, end of the Great Recession compared to the previous business cycle, which means that we've had more job openings for the current unemployment rate. So if we were at the same rate of hiring that we were in, uh, let's say, 2005, we would expect the unemployment rate, instead of being 5.4%, to be uh, closer to 4.5%. So – you know, there's basically been a change in the behavior of businesses and hiring. Now, the question is, why has there been a change? Is it because businesses can't find quality talent? Now, are the, are the workers that are unemployed today not qualified for the jobs that are open? You know, and that could be a possibility considering a lot of the jobs that may have been lost uh, from the Great Recession could have been in the housing area that hasn't fully recovered, or in related industries to the housing sector. And if that's the case, these people need to be retrained before they could be, uh, be hired, which could explain why the unemployment rate today is, is higher than where it would have been uh, prior to the recession. It also could be that uh, businesses have job openings, but they're not really looking to fill them. You know, The fact that if the perfect candidate shows up at their door, they'll hire them. But until that candidate shows up, they're not willing to go look for them. They're not willing to train that candidate, uh, which slows down the hiring process, which means that we have more jobs open than what we would normally have and than what, you know, should be if businesses were willing to go out and hire workers. So we don't really know which aspect is is the truer reason. You know, is it businesses don't want to hire and they're only willing to hire the best of the best? or that businesses can't find uh, you know, a quality candidate, even if they were willing to train them. And uh, that fight is what really is gonna tell us how the labor market is gonna go on you know, for the next year or two.
1: Let's switch gears and jump to retail sales. The headline makes it look like consumers aren't spending, they're not increasing their spending, they're just kind of going sideways, and they're saving the money, they're paying off their debt.
2: What do you make of the numbers and it, good that's exactly what We're seeing you know, the the okay. the way, the key to that report was not the fact that retail sales were flat or that they were marginally up when you get rid of autos. The key to the report is that you know for the last four or five months, we've been seeing an uptick in the savings rate. You know, if you look at the the employment report from. Uh, the April employment report that came out last week, we saw that aggregate earnings increased by about 0.3%. So if we get retail sales to grow by about that rate, the savings rate stays flat. And we saw the retail sales report came in showing that demand was below that, meaning that we're going to see another uptick in savings. And the question is why? You know, Why are consumers... Uh, why did they desire elevated savings? You know, if the job market is strong, we're not seeing any layoffs. You know, the initial claims level is practically zero. So why do consumers feel the need to save instead of spend? You know, are they constrained on credit? so they have to pay down debt? Possible. Is the income growth coming only from, you know, the top of the top of the income distribution where they just don't have any any anything else to buy. So the fact that the savings rates is going up naturally because there's nothing left for them to own possibly, but in the aggregate, what we see is that, you know, this desire for savings is slowing down economic growth. It makes it more difficult for businesses to go out and hire if demand growth is going to be slow. And and that's what we're seeing.
1: Anything that you're working on, Dr. Jeff Rosen, chief economist with briefing.com that you think should be brought to our attention?
2: Yeah, I think that the uh, the fact that rates have been going up, uh, you know, not necessarily today or yesterday, but um, you know, we've been seeing a a pretty good run up in in, you know the ten year over the last month, kind of worries me. You know, if you look at the Fed funds futures, we're not seeing a change in the near term rate hike. You know, the first rate hike is still expected to be in December. you know, I think economists are expecting it more in the September-July uh, range in terms of the consensus view. But the market's not hasn't really changed their, their viewpoint since the uh, middle of April. And yet, you know, the 10-year has gone up by 40 basis points. So, you know, are, are we looking at uh, a bond market that expects – interest rates to rise at a faster rate than, than necessarily the Fed funds rate is expecting. Meaning, you know, once the rates start raising, are we going to start seeing, you know, a big uptick? And how is that going to affect mortgages? How is that going to affect other investment? You know, it's it's not really the best thing that we're seeing right now. You know, rising rates is a slowdown to economic growth. And when you have first quarter that, uh, for all intents and purposes, will be revised down to a negative number, and my current second quarter forecast is negative, and we have rising rates that's That's not a good combination you know it, it doesn't show uh, any signs of uh, stability in the economy.
1: Do you think the Fed's going to raise interest rates in the second half of this year?
2: I don't think so, just because my okay. GDP forecasts don't show it. You know, if you look okay. at where everything is, there's no reason for it. There's no inflation. You know, core inflation is, you know, on the PCE metric that the Fed looks at, it's 1.3% year over year. That's 0.7 percentage points below its target rate, let alone being above its target that it you know, initially said it was willing to go to, in order to spur economic growth. I'm in the camp that feels that the unemployment rate at 5.4% is masking a truer unemployment rate that's closer to you know seven and a half to eight percent, meaning that a lot of people that have left the labor market during the recession have not returned. These are workers that would probably take a job if the job opportunities were available to them. Uh, you know, and I think once the labor market does improve, you'll see those people start coming back to the you know, to the market. You know, income growth is weak. You see the retail sales demand. Consumers you know desire more savings than spending. These are not, uh, you know, conditions that are, you know, that would warrant a rate hike. Yeah. So I, I'm not expecting them to do it. You know, that doesn't mean that they won't do it. Uh, it doesn't mean they won't do it even though economic conditions say they shouldn't do it. But, uh, you know, right now I would, you know, January at the earliest, Now we would look at more March, possibly April of next year. We've got about two minutes, Dr. Jeff.
1: One final question I have for you, because I I did a whole segment on it this hour on the millennials and how they're shopping, you know, and they're now having babies, and you can invest in companies that make baby clothes. You can invest in Williams-Sonoma. They make goods that go in homes. Um, Millennials are the biggest generation of the U.S. workforce now. Um, Does that have any play in your forecasts?
2: Not in the aggregate because I don't go into okay. the specific sector of where shopping is going to be done. I look at good spending. You know, so if they're not buying, let's say baby clothes, but they're buying, you know, their own clothes or something, you know, other something else with their money. That's all that matters to me. But uh, you know, the, the bigger question is: is this rising savings rate? Because you know, maybe the millennials don't want to spend at the same rate that their boomers uh you know that their that their parents did or their grandparents did you know are they looking at the idea of that great recession could happen again at any moment in time and they need to be prepared for it and if they're preparing for it they're going to keep an elevated savings rate for a longer period of time if not indefinitely and what that can do is pull down potential economic growth from the 2.8 to 3.2 percent that we saw You know, in the previous generation to uh, 2.2 to 2.5, which would mean less job growth, uh, less economic growth, less stock market growth overall. Thanks very much. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen with
1: Briefing.com. He's the chief economist. Um, I think that's great insight that he just gave in the last 12 minutes. Hopefully you can hear the podcast. If you want the podcast, you can get it at my Facebook page, I Hate Rob Black. And or you can get it at Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube. It's not there, but it should be. Well, think about that. Anyway, you can find me online at robblack.com. Briefing.com, great resource for investors. No matter
0: what they call it,